0: hello and welcome back to the pennsylvania chambers all business podcast featuring the passion vision and unique talents of pennsylvania's entrepreneurs business owners and executives special thanks to today's sponsor appi energy a pennsylvania chamber preferred provider delivering data-driven procurement and consulting solutions that help businesses reduce and manage electricity and natural gas supply costs. And now here's Lori Rennie.
1: Today's all business podcast features Reclamere data security experts. At Reclamere, they take your data security seriously. Reclamere maintains the ability to provide professional data destruction and data security services tailored to your organization's needs. Today I'm on site with them at their offices in Tyrone, Pennsylvania, and I have the pleasure of sitting here with Joe Hartford, President and Founder. Thanks for hosting me today, Joe.
2: Oh, you're welcome. It's great to have you guys here.
1: So your company deals with two of the scariest words a business can hear, data breach. Tell us more about Reclamere and your services.
2: Sure. So the company was founded in uh, 2000. We began operations in 2001, and we focused on end-of-life computer equipment. Mm-hmm. So. What that means is you've got organizations out there, they're going to turn out a, a large volume of IT equipment that they no longer need, and that IT equipment contains data. And so our value proposition to them is we're able to help them with environmental compliance uh, issues related to disposition, as well as data security issues around data destruction. And so. Our company has really focused on that for the last 17 years, making sure that people in healthcare, financial services, education, or what have you, understand that there's a relationship between the environment and data security, and really making sure that everything that we do on their behalf helps them to be compliant with whatever regulatory requirement they have to meet.
1: And you're environmentally friendly too with your data destruction and your recycling.
2: We are. in, in all of our cases, when we have to recycle equipment, that equipment is recycled here in the United States with what's called an R2 certified recycler. And what that means is that they meet very stringent standards set forth by the United States EPA to make sure that that equipment is not illegally dumped. Unfortunately, in the United States and within the electronics recycling world, even here in Pennsylvania, you've got some of those rogue companies that don't want to necessarily do things the way that they should. So we guarantee to those customers, and we can prove, um, we can prove that guarantee through downstream mm-hmm. auditability, that they never have a concern about how their equipment is going to be managed or how their data is going to be destroyed
1: wow that's it's amazing and you also just gave me this wonderful tour of your facility and you even provide shredding of cell phones and of hard drives
2: we do so we have some customers that require us to physically destroy their data containing devices and so we uh, we work with a company uh, here in pennsylvania called allegheny shredders Mm -hmm. phenomenal organization and we have an industrial shredder that um, as you saw when you were out on the shop floor You can pass a hard drive in there, a cell phone, and it's shredded. That shredded material will then go to our recycler out in Wisconsin, um, and they provide back to us a certificate, being able to prove that we've handled that material in a compliant manner.
1: Yeah, there were a couple Blackberries in there, so I had a a fun time kind of seeing some of those old school phones, flip flip phones, flip phones, flip phones. You had everything in there, which is fantastic. And you know, the other. I think most impressive part of your company is that you guarantee 100 percent quality control talk to us a little bit about that you call it the parent-child relationship of your computer
2: sure so when equipment comes into Reclamere it gets segregated into a few different categories and those desktop computers laptops etc go through a certified data destruction process so the hard drive is removed from the device And we begin the inventory process to make sure that we know what hard drive came out of what PC. It goes through a process of data destruction, essentially where we use ones and zeros to overwrite that drive, which is typically standard in the industry today. The difference between Reclamere and the rest of the industry is that we are able to guarantee to our customers that 100% of those hard drives we're going to try to recover data back from them. So our quality assurance program is such, very similar to manufacturing, where we're going to take 1,000 hard drives or 10,000 hard drives, whatever we receive from our customers, we're going to perform data destruction services, and then we're going to go back with computer forensics and data recovery tools to try to recover data back. Because it's important for us not to just simply do a random sample, which many people in the industry do today, Right. sometimes 10%, sometimes 20%, but it leaves the other percent left open as a, as a point of exposure. So we're able to guarantee that uh, we're very fortunate because our processes are such that it does not take an inordinate amount of time to do that. Um, and then that's really what gets presented in our certificate back to our customers. So if they have an audit that's going on, if they've got a concern from internal counsel, whatever the case may be, The documentation that we provide to them, both on the environmental side and the data security side, meets those regulatory requirements. So there are checkboxes that Reclamere automatically fills for customers that they don't have to worry about.
1: That's fantastic. And, you know, what peace of mind you must give that end user to know that, yeah, this has been thoroughly checked, you have the certificate, but something else that you provide too, you talk about exposure. And I guess you really made me think about companies that kind of have this, Big, you know, corner filled with old PCs just sitting there. You take this the extra mile and uh, showed me what I called a jail for old computers for sure. for the computer wheel. Safety wasteland. deposit box. Safety deposit box for right. a computer. Talk to us a little bit about that.
2: So in 2014 we decided that we wanted to change our business model as it pertained to chain of custody. And what we mean by chain of custody is where is the data? How is it being protected? How's it being protected in transport, etc.? And so what we did is we modeled the document destruction industry in that document destruction companies uh, place secure containers on site and then they will either shred those documents on site or they'll remove them to a factory and they'll destroy them there. Right. What we've done is we've designed and developed rolling metal carts that become that secure container for electronics. So we're able to do two things. First and foremost, we're able to start the chain of custody and control the security level right at the customer location. The customer simply loads all of their equipment in there, they close the cage, they lock the cage, and then that rolling cart now becomes that secure container. What it does is it keeps equipment from growing legs and walking away. And unfortunately, in the world that we live in today, sometimes equipment leaves businesses unknown to the business owners or leaders, which is kind of the way it is. The other thing that it does for us from an employee perspective is it has reduced our on-site labor, and more importantly, it's created a much safer working environment for our employees. So rather than the back-breaking work of loading monitors and loading PCs, they really offload carts and they onload carts, and it has been a, a major back-saver for our employees.
1: That's awesome. And you said it increased... or. Increase production by we, we reduced, 70%? We
2: reduced our on-site um,
1: labor time by 70%. So that's amazing. Now, you know, you're a lot like the chamber. You know, we say we're big business, small business, all business, and you really have services that fit every size company. In fact, we're, we're a customer also. And breaches can happen anywhere. Can you talk to our listeners about some of the biggest threats to businesses of every size. Sure.
2: The the biggest threat today really comes from within your four walls. It comes from the rank of your employees. And that's not because your employees are bad. It's not because they are malicious. It's because in, in many cases, we don't think long and hard enough about how do we really deal with Securing data. Mm-hmm. And so, what we try to get people to understand is that by working with a company like Reclamere, we have proven policies and procedures and policies and, and practices that help you be compliant. It takes, the, it takes the work off of your shoulders and gives it to us. This is what we do each and every day. So, whether you're a 50 person accounting firm, you're a 3,000 person hospital, or you're a 500 person manufacturer, the last thing that you really want to think about is how do I manage this equipment and how do I secure the data? As a subject matter expert, as a professional in the industry, that's what we do for you. So we view ourselves very much as a business that will work with an attorney or a business that will work with an accountant. You want to work with Reclamere because we provide that service to you. And we really make sure that it is it's convenient it's cost effective, and it's very, very uh, straightforward.
1: That's outstanding, and again, just giving that peace of mind to the end user once again. Now, I wanna shift gears a little bit because um, you and I got to sit down, have dinner after our um, Gettysburg Leadership Program this year. Yes, we did, yep. And we talked a lot about your approach as a leader with your employees, with your company, and your passion about workforce. So let's talk first a little bit about how you embrace your employees. And, and you know, you and I just chatted and when I came down the hallway, you know, a bunch of beautiful little doggies greeted me. And it's interesting the way that you've approached your own workforce here at Reclamere. Talk to us a little bit about that. Sure,
2: um, so let me just start by saying that th- this is not a perfect environment by any stretch of the imagination. I'm sure there are things that we can always work on and improve, but you know, for myself, um, what I've realized in 17 years is that this, this leadership style that I have today has been a result of growing and maturing and evolving myself. Mm-hmm. And I think being self-aware is, is really a, an important part of that. I've been very fortunate to have a business partner for the last 17 years, Angie Singer Keating, that really forces me to stop and think about what it is that we're doing as an organization. And quite frankly, not because you're sitting in front of me because this is how I feel about it, I think having a female business partner in many cases forces a male to look at things in a very different way than when you just simply look at it as the good old boys network.
1: Wow, Um, yeah.
2: and, And so now, don't get me wrong, we don't always agree. We have our fights and you know we can kind of duke it out. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of value in seeing both sides of the equation, especially from her perspective as a woman. Um, we went through a major transition in 2014 and what we had to do is we had to say to ourselves, what do we want to be when we grow up someday? How are we gonna get there and what's the foundation? And it comes down to um, a, a leadership style that is very much associated with having conversations with people to make sure that they understand the expectation, Mm -hmm. helping support them to get to that expectation, and then also um, sometimes you've got to have really uncomfortable conversations with people that aren't a lot of fun when you've got to tell a crew of people that because of financial reasons none of you get a raise this year. When you've got to turn around and tell somebody that wasn't expecting to work overtime, you've got to work overtime or that unfortunate case where you have to separate and you've got to terminate someone's employment. But being a leader is difficult. It's Mm -hmm. not difficult because you get to give out good news all the time. It's difficult because sometimes it's difficult news to give out and it hurts people's feelings. I think what you have to do is you have to say to yourself, it really is about the good of the order. What are we going to do for the families that depend on a paycheck every two weeks? And I think if you come at it from that perspective, it makes those difficult conversations a little bit easier. I still believe, however, that it's not a a destination to become a leader. I really believe it's a journey and maybe that sounds kind of corny, but you have to be willing to listen to things that you don't want to hear. You have to allow somebody that you have respect for to tell you that your baby is ugly (laughs) and then you have to be willing to ask really great questions. Why do you think my baby is ugly? What can we do about it? How do we change it? and and take that information and then do something with it now it doesn't mean that you have to act on it but it does mean that you've got to be willing to be open-minded enough where you can really listen and hear what somebody's saying to you
1: and you know i i said this to you earlier your employees have to feel so important and that they're worth something for you to come in as the president of a company and say, hey, what do you think about this? You know, you say you're ugly baby, but, you know, I think that transparency and that two-way communication is so essential. And, you know, again, back in Gettysburg, we were talking about workforce, and I'm so impressed with what you've done here with your own workforce, but you're actually taking this to the next level. In fact, you have a master's degree in education. You're now going for your PhD in workforce education and development. What makes you so passionate about this? Why are you doing this?
2: Um, I'm doing it because when I was in high school, um, I graduated from high school in 1984, so now I've dated myself. When I was in high school, my brother was in a trade school for electronics engineering. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hey, I should probably do something like this. So I, I went to VoTech for two years. Now it's career technology education. It was votech at the time. But I was told by my homeschool, you know, if you don't come back and go back into college prep classes, you're never going to be able to go to college and you're never going to be able to get a job. And that was the first moment when I was in that 15, 16-year-old category where I started to say to the establishment thought process, I think you're crazy. I think that's wrong. Um, It was consequently in high school um, when I went through testing and evaluation, my career path was supposed to be education. I happen to go see what teachers made at the time. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so long story short, now we get to where we are today. And it goes back to really having a desire to work with somebody and either understand what their problems are, bring those problems to the table, and then help them solve those problems. So it's not my job as a leader or a workforce ed professional or what have you to tell you the answer. My job is to use really powerful open-ended questions, sometimes it drives people crazy, to pull out from them what the answer is. Because in most cases, you know what the answer is. Maybe you haven't articulated it yet. Maybe you just have never heard it. Maybe there hasn't been a button and one-off inside your head. But by asking those questions, nine times out of 10 we get that person where they want to be.
1: Well, it's like self-discovery. Absolutely. You're, you're aiding them in self-discovery. Absolutely.
2: So for me, you know, going on for a PhD, uh, is, it's about what's the next life step? What am I going to do next? And when I take a look at being a business owner, I am, I'm absolutely intrigued by working with young entrepreneurs, um, I had a phone call just yesterday with a guy who's getting ready to spin up his own company and he was looking for some advice. Because, you know, in the United States today, we saw a very high failure rate for businesses out of the gate, and that Mm -hmm. bothers me. So for me, the passion comes from people in my career have done some really cool things to help me become more self-aware, to go through that discovery process, and to understand what direction I should be going in. And I think to pay those folks back, this is what I should be doing with some of my time, is to be able to give back to those people that are now the same place I was maybe 15 years ago. Um, you know, the other thing, the other passion I have is I was really fortunate because of a chamber event to, uh, to meet Mike Rowe, um, probably one of the coolest dudes and if I ever had a chance to sit down and drink a beer with the guy, I definitely would do it. But he, he definitely hits a chord with me because I have three boys and of those three boys, I am very confident when I say that not all three of them should go to college. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Not all three of them are going to go to college. And that's gonna, okay. And it is okay. And unfortunately, we have this mindset. Um, I call it the poisoning of the neighborhood mind, which is, oh my gosh, Lori's kid is going to a two-year program. What's wrong with Lori as a parent? There's nothing wrong with Lori as a parent. Right. We have, you know, and I, and I realize that I'm preaching to the choir, but we have a huge deficiency in our country today of tradespeople, plumbers, electricians, welders, etc. And if we don't do something to curb that problem, Mm -hmm. we are going to find ourselves in a very short period of time in a very bad spot. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, we have students that are better off being in a professional trade because that's where their mind works. That's where their passion resides. That's where they should be. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We've walked through the process with plenty of high school kids, and we know for a fact that we can take a high schooler, we can take them through career and technical education, we can get them the right certifications that they need, we can get them to go work for a large contractor for a number of years after they get out of high school, and by the time they're 30 years old, they can be an entrepreneur and they can own their own firm. We know that for a fact. That's yep. not uh, that's not a guess, that's not a dream, that is reality. So. The opportunities in workforce education and development are huge. I think in some cases they're untapped. Um, I consider Mike Rowe to be that national spokesperson for the cause, um, and I think that the work that the chamber is doing is really phenomenal. and It's and it's exciting to be part of it because I think we can't depend on the federal government or the state government to solve that problem. We need to simply say, guys, take it off your plate. We're gonna bring it home to the chamber, we're gonna bring it home locally, and we're gonna solve a problem ourselves. And you guys just go along and argue over a budget. Let us do what we need to do for our constituents, which are those kids in high school that are going, Oh my gosh, I'm really sure not sure what to do. Right. Let's have a conversation about trades.
1: And all the options that are available, not just one path. There's many pathways to success. And I'm so glad that you got to hear Mr. Rowe's message and you know workforce is definitely the cornerstone of, you know, the chamber's one of our primary issues that we're working on. And you know, we're honored to be able to work with Mr. Rowe and his foundation um to help give those scholarships right. to those Pennsylvania applicants that want to pursue a career in the skilled trades. So, you know, it's not just about the college scholarship, it's about scholarships for a different career path. That's right. But Joe, you you just embrace and are the spirit of entrepreneurship. Um, and your passion for what you do for your employees, for kids, for wanting to be a mentor, and you know, as a business owner, it's just so impressive. And I could not wait to come talk to you today. Tell us a little bit about what's next for Reclamere. Well, what's next
2: for Reclamere is um, being able to create options for our employees. So we have three distinct parts of our business today. Mm-hmm. We have the IT asset management piece, we have quality tech gear, which is our refurb and, uh, and resale of technology equipment. And then we have data security consulting. We know that the data security consulting part of our business will grow at a faster pace than the other two parts of our business. So first and foremost, what we wanna do is we wanna go back to the employees that work in those, those two organizations. And we wanna say, listen, we wanna help you get the certifications that you need to then work in the security operations center as a first-level analyst. If you're interested in becoming a security engineer, we want to help you find the right educational path to do that. And so our first area of focus is how do we give employees an option if they want to have a different career path? Mm -hmm. The second thing that we want to do is we really want to make sure that we have got a very strong and sustainable presence in Pennsylvania as a data security expert. I'm not naive to believe that we're going to be the vendor of choice for everybody. But the thing that I say often to the sales folks that I work with is, if you meet somebody and they're willing to have a conversation about their data security concerns, what keeps them up at night and causes them to freak Mm -hmm. out about a business owner as it relates to a data breach, then you know what you should do? Take a half an hour out of your day, have a conversation with one of the subject matter experts at Reclamere, and let's figure out how we can help you. And then finally, I think really what we're looking at um, as a as next path is where do we go from here in regard to the leaders of the company? So do we go into public service? Do we go mm-hmm. into another business? Do we just continue to be business mentors? So there's a number of different options that we're looking to create First, we create the options for our employees. Then we take a look at the business presence here in Pennsylvania. And then we take a look at the two senior leaders and what are they gonna do next?
1: That is awesome. Your whole story is awesome. And you are truly an innovator. um, And we're so grateful for your membership. And we thank you for all you do to help protect the data at the Pennsylvania Chamber. Our pleasure. And that of our members as well. And a special thank you for your passion on workforce. It's such a big issue for so many employers across the Commonwealth. For more information on Reclamere data security experts, visit them at reclamere.com. That's R-E-C-L-A-M-E-R-E.com. Thanks for joining us for this month's All Business Podcast.
0: You've been listening to the All Business Podcast from the Pennsylvania Chamber. Thanks for joining us, and be sure to check out more about us and our members on our website at pachamber.org. We'll see you next time. This program is produced by the Pennsylvania Chamber in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, USA. Copyright 2017.